Welcome to the podcast. I'm Bruce Moe of Commonwealth Magazine, and with me today is Lynn Wiseman, the co-president of the Friends of the Community Path. The Community Path is a multi-use path for biking and walking that is going to be built along with the Green Line extension into Somerville and Medford. It's a very big issue in Somerville and surrounding areas, but it hasn't attracted an enormous amount of attention elsewhere. Lynn, first, let's t- tell me a little bit about your organization, the Friends of the Community Path. When was it set up, and what, what's its purpose? So we started the Friends of the Community Path in 2001. Um, it was kind of at a time when the Green Line project was a bit dormant. Um, of course, there have been many years when it was supposed <laughs> to be built, but in 2005, it was kind of uh, re-energized by... Um, the state with kind of some encouragement, strong encouragement from the Conservation Law Foundation and Somerville Transportation Equity Partnership, also called STEP, and other groups. And so when the Green Line started to be rejuvenated, um, you know, we realized that because the community path would share the same corridor as that rail project, that the two projects should happen together and so that the Green Line would be a multimodal transit project. Right. And so when I've looked at maps, there already is a community path, right? And that runs mostly in Somerville? So the existing community path in Somerville runs from a street called Lowell Street in Somerville, um, and it kind of goes to by Davis Square and then... There's sort of different paths that will continue along called, there's someone called the linear path, and but basically it connects essentially to the Minuteman path, which leads all the way out to Bedford. So people from way out in those suburbs can come in, and right now they reach this Lowell Street, and, that, and it sort of ends. And then if they want to continue on toward Boston or other areas, they've got to make their own way or figure out a way. And so this path would take them into Boston, is, was the hope. Um, now, before we get into the details of that, but tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, now, you live in Somerville? Yes, uh, we live in Somerville. Um, I have a family. My partner, Joel Bennett, the Friends of the Community Path, was actually his brainchild, this group, and we co-founded it together, but it was really his idea. And at first, he was kind of the leader of the group, um, Then when we had kids, there was a little lull. That was in 2005 when the Green Line was getting kind of going again. And then when we kind of reinvigorated the group, um, just by happenstance and not through any conversation, we kind of switched roles where I kind of came a bit more to the forefront of the group. And he is, of course, always there knowing a lot about the project. And is this, a, um, is this a job or is this just a passion of yours? This is basically a volunteer group. We've That's had a few small grants um, along the way uh, for our advocacy work. Um, we're about to start looking for some more grants for our advocacy work because it's a lot of work and a lot of time. And our group, uh, we all have jobs 
most of us have kids. Um, so it's a lot of work. It's a great commitment. And sometimes, you know, it's like, why do we do it? So um, why do you do it? You know, I can't explain it. Sometimes I've, I know it sounds strange, but it's almost like, I don't know, a, a calling of sorts or something. It's it's the right thing to do. And, you know, when you have a history with a project, you really understand things that it takes a really long learning curve for other people to pick up on. And that has value. And if this is something that I can leave to my kids and to future generations through my work, that will be something to be proud of. So let's talk about what you're trying to accomplish here. Um, what's all the fuss about? What's the problem? They say they're going to build the community path. Why aren't you overjoyed? What's the problem? Well, we're very happy because they've committed to build part of the community path. Um, and they haven't committed to build... Well, let me backtrack a little. Mm -hmm. um, in 2014, the state actually had committed to build the whole community path as part of the Green Line. All the way to... All the way to uh, North Point, Lechmere area. Okay. And currently, there are existing paths there that would connect to this. So why don't I just say that the mission of the Friends of the Community Path is essentially to connect the Minuteman Trail network, which is about 23 miles of path network, with the Charles River Path Network, which is another 23 miles of path network. Our community path extension along the Green Line is about two miles. So that would make for about 48 continuous miles of path network through 11 Boston area cities and towns. So, you know, Bedford, Lexington, Arlington, Cambridge, yeah. Somerville, and out to the Charles, you know, which takes you to Boston and, you know, uh, Waltham and All over. and Watertown and Newton. So, you know, you, you can go really far uh, with this path. And so it would not only be an amazing recreational path, but a, a transportation corridor. And the predictions are that there'll be about 3 million users per year on the path. Um, this isn't simply a bike path. The community path in Somerville is probably one of the most used paths in the country. It's about 90% pedestrians and only 10% cyclists. So even people, even though people call these bike paths, they're much more than that. So your concern is, is that the state is not going to finish it as the way they originally envisioned it. Right. So right now, the state has committed to, uh, in 2016, the state went back to the Green Line, to the drawing board, and as part of the Green Line cost reduction, they drastically truncated the community path so that um, before it would connect from Lowell Street in Somerville to the North Point Leachmere area, that full two-mile path. But in 2016, that was kind of reneged, and there are three design issues that we see as big challenges. Um, first is this crossing of the tracks from Washington Street to the North Point Leachmere area, area, and that is the critical last leg, the critical missing link that would connect this path and uh, essentially the, the Minuteman 
all the way to right. the Charles River paths in Boston. And this is this is a little more than a half mile of path. It is a challenge because you have to get over a bunch of tracks. Uh, right now, the current design entails uh, a bridge for the community path that was built as part of the old Green Line design. And now that the Green Line is being redesigned, this is an overbuilt design, and it's a $25 million bridge that they say they won't build now. But we believe that bridge crossing could be built for a lot less money with uh, lighter weight materials, such as prefab bridges and things like that, and that there are ways to build that for a lot less and that to make it so that we could somehow get this done within the life of the Green Line project. It will be hard to get in that track area, um, nearly impossible, I should say, uh, because there are so many tracks running over there, and it would be very hard to get the MBTA to stop our operations again to build this path crossing after the Green Line is built. So just one more question on that aspect. Uh, I was at a, at a meeting this week at Somerville High School where uh, the new manager of the Green Line Extension got up and talked a little bit and then heard public comment. And person after person after person was saying, build the whole community path, uh, fix. This is a, you know, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. But um, money is the big issue, and they're, they've scaled back. You mentioned that they've scaled back the path, but he was very emphatic that they had scaled back many aspects of the entire project. To For those who don't know, they re, the price had ballooned to $3 billion from $2 billion, and now we've, uh, they, the state has sort of brought it back to the neighborhood of $2 billion, and it's struggling to still close the gap a little bit. And so it's a question of can you do it affordably? And as you say, you think you could do it affordably. Um, many of the cyclists who were testifying at this hearing were sort of saying, if we don't do this, you're dropped off in a very dangerous environment. And will you, if you keep going, it, it might be, lives might be lost because there'll be accidents. Do you agree with that? I fully agree with that. I mean, there are very few options to, say, get to Boston from there. You could go on roads and then go along a decrepit sidewalk along a fast and extremely polluted McGrath Highway. I mean, we really don't want people who are exercising and kids and, uh, you know, lots of different kinds of people to go on that section of a highway, basically, um, you know, when you're having all that pollution exposure, you're breathing more deeply, and, uh, you know, people are, we just don't want people exposed to that. That is also the environmental justice section of East Somerville, and that would be the only section of the community path that did not have an off-road path. So um, that is a big deal, and, you know, we want... Uh, we want an off-road path to be built as a whole as a part of the Green Line project. Okay. And you mentioned three concerns, and that you just went through one. We went through that. What are the other two? So the other two, uh, you know, sort of heading uh, west towards uh, Somerville is that uh, there are three street connections that the current Green Line team has eliminated um, for uh, over like something like uh, two-thirds of a mile um, through Somerville, 
which basically means one is that people are kind of stuck in the corridor without a way out, and that can certainly have safety implications. People just don't feel safe. But also, we want the neighborhoods to have access to the path, um, both coming and going. And so to eliminate that access really, you know, truncates uh, the, the utility of the path. So for an outsider, tell me why you can't get out. I mean, my vision of a bike path is a path, you know, just going along. And if you walk across some grass or whatever, you can just hop on. Why can't I get on? Why wouldn't I be able to get on the way it's designed right now? So the green line is in a rail corridor that's kind of uh, lower depressed. than the street. Okay. Yep, depressed, lower than the street, so that the the path would be below street level. I see. Um, and you know we have several ideas for ways to ramp up to street levels with lightweight um, ramps. Um, and, uh, you know, we think that's just critical to, you know, the user experience and to just uh, neighborhood access. Right. And the third concern that you had, what, what's that? And the third concern um, is going from uh, Central to School Street in Somerville, um, where uh, the path kind of zigzags from the south side of the path. Basically, this whole path was originally... Um, conceived as being on the south side of the rail corridor because that's the way people travel is in a straight line. But instead, this would zigzag us from uh, the north side of the, of sorry, from the south side of the corridor over a bridge to the north side of the corridor for a little while and then bring us back down to the south corridor, south side of the corridor in a little while. And you'd have to Across a, a bridge that's built for cars, it has a sidewalk for pedestrians. There's a lot of potential for conflicts with either pedestrians on the sidewalks, with cyclists uh, who don't feel safe in the street, or with cyclists and cars on that street. That's not really what that area was designed for. And basically, the way people like to travel is in a straight line. It would be unusual to do that with a highway. <laughs> and, right. Um, you know, this is also a transportation corridor. So you had a, you and a bunch of your colleagues had a meeting with Mr. Dalton uh, this week uh, where you talked, I, I guess he was sort of getting an advanced preview of the concerns that were going to be raised at this public meeting. Tell me how that meeting went. How did you find him? Was he receptive to what your concerns were? We met with... Um, the new program manager of the Green Line, John Dalton, along with the Green Line team and along with other stakeholders, um, you know, the city of Somerville, um, some legislative representatives, um, you know, legislative aides who are in the Somerville delegation, um, other ally organizations such as um, STEP, Somerville Transportation Ar uh, Equity Partnership, Conservation Law Foundation, um, and several others. Um, and I would say that meeting went very similar to last night's meeting, the public meeting of the Green Line, in that, uh, you know, we didn't exactly find out anything new or <laughs> exciting, although we did have more supporters at our public meeting last night who were extremely vocal about uh, wanting the community path. Uh, and I think... You know, 
we very much appreciated that John Dalton is, um, he's very straightforward about how things are. I think he has a lot of experience and expertise, and we're very much hoping that his, um, his expertise, that, that he will be able to and, and hopefully be, be driven to um, working to create some language in the, the bidding documents and also in the um, in the contract language for the Green Line project that would allow for improved design for these three challenges for the community path. Yeah, he mentioned uh, that a lot of the contract would be performance-based. So it would be, we want to accomplish this, 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 and sort of leave it to the contractor to figure out the best way within certain parameters to do that. So are you sort of hoping that even though he's his tone is sort of like, this is how much we're going to spend, and I'm not going above that number, um, that it might be able to be done for that amount of money if you have a contractor who's creative about how they approach this? Is that is that your hope? That is what we are hoping. You know, we are also hoping that, um, you know, if... If, if this, particularly this expensive bridge, if, if it's less money, then perhaps there's ways that the Green Line could fund it, and perhaps there's other ways that we could find the money if needed. But we're not going to be able to do that right now with the bridge designed as expensively yes. as it is. Yeah. Um, were you at all encouraged that he professed to be an avid bicyclist and and has apparently agreed to go on a uh, a bike tour in January of the path and sort of what you're up against in that area. Are you encouraged by that? We're encouraged to some degree by that. You know, he he uh, you know he's a seems like he's he wants to be very transparent. You know, um, it is exciting to know that as he said, he gets it. He bikes you around in the cold in Chicago. Um, which is certainly, you know, something to be admired, and right. we appreciate that. Um, we very much appreciate we that we had we had invited him at, after the meeting with the Green Line team to um, take him on a tour of the proposed route of the community path, um, and we're grateful that he said that he would do that in January. Um, we haven't set a date yet. Um, but we're very uh, we're very much looking forward to that possibility. And some of the people last night, without our saying anything, um, recommended that he that he take that tour. And we're very happy to be able to uh, plan on doing that with him. Yeah. Um, so, why should someone give me a little broader picture? I, I, I realize you live in Somerville, and this is in your backyard. But if you live on the South Shore or uh, Metro West or North Shore, um, is this just a little local fight about a, a, a strong, small stretch of a path, or or is is there something bigger going on here? Well, this is the community path is definitely a regional project. I mean, as I said, it'll you know be forty eight continuous miles. It'll make for forty eight continuous miles through eleven Boston area cities and towns. It will certainly take cars off the road, which means less traffic for people, and it means uh, less pollution. And pollution doesn't just stay 
in Somerville, it will mean, you know, cleaner air for the Commonwealth. Um, additionally, the cities of Somerville and Cambridge are uh, essentially um, being made to pay $50 million from Somerville and $25 million from the city in, of Cambridge to pay for their own environmental mitigation that they were promised um, from the Big Dig, from the Central Artery Project. Um, this is a very new precedent. Um, it's not a very uh, promising precedent, especially for poor towns or towns who are overly burdened with environmental justice issues. Um, and I believe that the rest of the Commonwealth should be looking very carefully at what happens with this. We believe that at least if the cities of Somerville and Cambridge are being forced to pay as a new precedent for their own environmental litigation, they should at least be able to get um, the project, the community path that these cities are, are begging for. These have, the community path has been the most commented on piece of the Green Line at any of the Green Line meetings. Yeah. So um, getting back to the, the issue of you think it could be done more cheaply. Now, MBTA officials sort of say, yes, we've heard them say that, but we haven't really seen a, uh, I take it what they mean is architectural drawings and, the, and a really super scrub of, of how this would be done. Is that true or, or are they just, you know, closing their ears because they don't want to hear what you have to say? What, what have you presented them with? You know, I guess my perspective is that the mission of the Green Line team is to get a Green Line at a certain cost. And our mission is to get the community path done as part of the Green Line, the Friends of the Community Path mission. Um, you know, we're doing our jobs and they're doing their jobs. Um, however, we think that this project could certainly be more and we want the state and the cities and the taxpayers to get the most for their money. So um, tell me about how much time you spend advocating for this project. Too much time. Too much time? Uh, so how do you fit it in? I mean, it seems like there is a lot of... Um, uh, I, are you a bicyclist? Is it, or, or are you mostly interested in the pedestrian aspect of this? I am a cyclist, I'm a pedestrian, and I'm a driver. Uh, we have a car, we use it. However, a lot of our friends don't even know we have a car. Um, we pedal with our kids year round. Uh, we use our car for work, but we also use our bicycles and our feet. And it, it seems like, uh, particularly at this public meeting, now this is probably old hat to you, but as someone who takes public transit to work and, and I took a bus to that meeting and what have you, uh, a lot of talk about using your bike to commute on a daily basis into Boston and people from Lexington, Arlington, all over that area. Um, and you sort of get a sense that, uh, that this, there's a pressure building to, to do a lot more of this, not just in Somerville, but from all directions, uh, because people want to get into Boston that way, and that this is part of something bigger. Um, do you agree with that? I mean, are you get hearing from other parts of the region 
what do you, what's your sense on that? Oh, yeah, we definitely hear from other parts of the region and other groups that want to build paths and, uh, you know, how did we get as far as we did, especially in 2014 when they were supposed to do the whole path right. here. Um, you know, there's no safe route right now from those areas to get in bo into Boston. There's There's nothing. And, you know, people, as people mentioned last night at the Green Line meeting, you know, people are literally dying for this path. Um, and, you know, we want the state to, to do the right thing and, and build the full thing and prevent those deaths and prevent those injuries. It all, isn't only for cyclists, it's also for pedestrians. And, you know, it will be uh, a tourist destination. It will be great for businesses, great for the economy. Um, you know, people could bike from Boston uh, up the historic Minuteman Trail. Right. So um, here's a stupid question for you. Um, I remember uh, biking with my family on, I guess, what it's called, the rail trail on Cape Cod. And it's pretty wide. Um, but I did it with my son when he was little, and he had a tendency to sort of go like this. And there are people walking on it, and then there are really serious bicyclists that are flying along at, at incredibly fast speeds. Um, can they all coexist uh, okay in an environment like this? Because some people are commuting, and I'm sure they're wanting to fly, and others are just sort of ambling along. Uh, does it work on the existing um, community path well? It works very well on the existing community path. I mean, it's kind of amazing how people coexist. I mean, I would guess there may be more cyclists at rush hour, but even if you doubled that, it would only be 20% cyclists, you know. Um, I think that a lot of the really fast cyclists tend to prefer the roads if they can because they don't like being held up by all the people on the path. I think most people who are cycling aren't aren't biking that way generally. Mm -hmm. And I think they tend to be pretty considerate, um, certainly at least as considerate as people are on the roads when they're driving. So last question for you, or last subject. Um, the tone of that meeting was, we're not going to go above this cur current price tag. And there was a lot of pushback about, well, let's get it done within that price tag somehow. Um, but it didn't sound like anyone had moved, uh, except to the other's point of view in that, in that session. Are you worried that, or, or what's your, what's your sense of what's going to happen now? Because some people said, well, this is, could be the last time we have his ear, Mr. Dalton's ear, and, and the last time we get to make our case. Is it the last time? Because it's still a ways to go. Um, what are your odds of success, I guess, is what I'm asking in short. I wish I knew. Um, the Green Line uh, RFP, the, uh, basically the request to bidders to actually submit their bids, the official one is, is the schedule right now says that that will be released in, in May. So, and there are several steps before that that need to happen. We're, we haven't given up hope. Um, I'd like to say cautiously optimistic. Um, that might even be strong. We're working really hard and really creatively. We have 
ideas about how this could happen, but I think that this, the design really needs to be in place first um, to make sure that we can make this happen. Without the design, um, we can't go anywhere. But with a design, a good design, there's a way forward. So if the RFP to get construction companies to bid on this and, and design it, if, if it's written in a way that encourages this creative approach, that would give you a lot of encouragement. That would give us a lot of encouragement, yes, definitely. Okay. okay. Uh, Lynn Wiseman, thank you for being with us today. Thank you. And I, for our listeners, uh, join us again next week, and you can always subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Have a great day. Thanks. Morning's come, you watch the red The LED still flickers in your eyes Oh, you ought to spare your face the razor Because no one's gonna spare